Tex Prison Story Family Salute. Y'all, it's your boy Tim Snow back here with another one. We got a special guest. I think some of y'all will definitely know who he is. So he's been on a video or two on this channel for sure. And I've done quite a few on his already. So uh man that needs no introduction, Mr. Rojo, from a convict's perspective previously. And now as you look right here, he's got his own new channel. The first thing we're going to say is we appreciate it. After you watch this video, go subscribe to him. Check out some of the videos. He's still doing the same fire type content and everything. Uh, I know I enjoy it. I'm, I'm pretty much catching every live and every video myself, so I highly recommend it. What y'all didn't know is Rojo really lived in Texas when he was young. And we're going to talk a little bit about that. Talk about the transition to California and how he's doing good now. You see some of the videos he doesn't like I do from work, so... Big respect to that. Uh, Rojo from the Rojo Room. What's up, brother? How you doing? Hey, what's good, Mr. Snow? How's it going, my dude? Man, it's good, man. First, I want to say appreciate all the love you show all the time, man. You share out the videos anytime yeah. I ask. I always shout me out, man. It's a it's a big deal to me because everybody don't keep it real. You know what I mean? So thank you. Yeah, there was like three channels, man, I started watching. It was uh, I found Mundo, and then I found Boxer, and then I found you. You know what I mean? So, you know, being we're from real close real close you know just a little 20 minute drive 30 minute drive i started fucking with you from the gate man and uh man you, you got a banging channel and i appreciate you having me on bro oh man nothing i hope i hope we get some uh get some subscribers too because he just started out if y'all don't know he's just starting out this channel right here he's already at almost seven thousand subscribers growing quick he's got a big following and you know when i come in your chat I see a whole lot of names that I don't see on my channel, and hopefully it'll be something new for you. You'll see some new names coming, too. You know what I mean? And that's right. Uh, literally probably 30-minute drive from right here, same same type of environment, everything else. Tell them where you live when you was down here in Texas. I uh, I spent most of my time in A-Leaf, which is southwest Houston. I mean, I'm sure most of your, your subscribers know about A-Leaf. Um, man, I, I lived in A-Leaf a lot. I, lived in, uh, I actually lived in Third Ward on Dowling and McGowan. Um, I lived in Richmond, which is, uh, man, it's basically Houston, man. You know what I mean? It's right outside of Fort Bend County, but, uh, that's where, that's where I spent most of my time, man. A-Leaf, A-Leaf primarily, you know? A-Leaf is gangland. Everybody knows that SWAT, Southwest A-Leaf, Texas, man. It's got a big old name. Every, every prison you go to right here, you're going to see a bunch of them guys right there. Mud you know, out. when I was, when I was there, it was really just starting, man. You know what I mean? When I, when I first, because I'm from Detroit, man, so I first moved to Houston in like uh, 80, 82, you know what I mean? And it took a few years to catch on, man, and then you start seeing some GDs, you know, you start seeing some Latin or, or Black Disciples. It wasn't GDs, it was BDs. And then some Latin Kings came by, man, but uh, there wasn't really too much gangs when I first moved out there, bro. You know, that came that came like when about when I hit middle school, you know what I mean? Like late 80s, mid-late 80s. Right, right. But yeah, oh, A-Leaf's right. Leaf's treacherous now. It, it, it's a whole different area than when I was there. You know, to get treacherous back then, you had to be in inside the loop in one of the wards or South Park or Sunnyside or, you know what I mean? There wasn't too many, too much going on outside the loop yet. Now it's, now it's popping, man. Yeah, I actually lived in Sunnyside for a little while. I had a girlfriend up there on 4,000 block. Yeah, I stayed in King's Row over there right across the street from Scott Plaza where it goes down, man. I swear. It was I, I know where that is. Hey, do you remember uh, SSWP from back in the day? The Sunnyside Wilmington Posse? Oh, I mean, that's, that's how old I am. <laughs> I definitely know where Wilmington is, but I, yeah. I know. I don't remember the click, though. Uh -uh. Ooh, them boys was getting it. 
Sunnyside is a hardcore area, man. It really is. Worthing High School right there. You know, uh, where I was was right behind Worthing in the apartments right there. Yeah, that's right on Scott. Yeah. Right, 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 right. Yeah, it was active, man. Uh, so you spent some time in Mud Alley, too, you told me. You just said, I didn't know. Uh, we said McGowan and... and Dowling and McGowan. That's a that's third war. Man, that's the heart of the hood right there. Anything down McGowan. Is. Yeah, I went, to, I went to Ryan Middle School, man. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I was in a, I was there. I was in a, I had just got out of the Texas Youth Commission, man. And uh, I was in a group home, man. I was stuck out there for like, I don't know, a good five, six months. Damn. It was pretty, I was pretty active too. You know what I mean? It's cleaned up. That little area right there is cleaned up a lot, you know, from what I gather. But uh, back then it was popping, bro. You know what I didn't know until you told me the other day, and we'll talk about it a little bit, that you was down with the Latin Kings in Houston. How old yeah. was you when you first met them? Uh man, I had guy got arrested in 1988, man. And I went to this probation placement. It was on uh, Chimney Rock. It was called Burnett Balin Home (BBH). It was right there off of Bel Air and Chimney Rock, man. And uh, the 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 cool thing about that particular place was you got to go to public school during the day, and then you come back to the facility. You're locked down. You're locked. You know what I mean? It's locked down except for some reason they let you go to public school. They were tripping. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But uh. Trying to save I started, yeah, I started going to Jane Long Middle School right there on Bel Air. It was in over in uh, the Golfton Ghetto area. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, you know, at that school, it was 90 percent, you know, Central American immigrants. You know what I mean? And then the rest of the people there were predominantly Latin kings. You know what I mean? So it was, it was more like a Chicano so so to speak versus paisa so to speak you know what i mean not put i'm not trying to generalize people you know but i'm not going to go through a list of all the countries that all you know right, were right, there right. but it was That's very very diverse as far as central america went right there and i just started messing with them like from day one you know because the mother guys were so deep they were kind of kind of trying to take advantage a little bit you know if you weren't messing with somebody they were trying to man they try to jump you they try, try to steal your little shit and stuff man so I started rolling with them cats, man. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's ultimately what all them people became. I don't know if that had been formally named that at that time back in 89, probably. It might have just been starting out, man, but that that's that whole area right there. I mean, you know, Golfton right there, that was all their spot, man. So, you know, if, if they weren't called that by name yet, they shortly thereafter became that. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think they probably were by that time. They were one of the first serious gangs in houston man and back then they were body bagging people right from the start they didn't play you know well, we I mean? used to go out we used to go out with them every day bro man that's crazy you know uh i i've only met a few latin kings from ace town one i was in state jail with one i was in tdc with he was kind of running by himself and then there was some down here in galveston county back in the day and they were all tied together though they used to have meetings and you know do everything and I guess tied in with the guys from San Antonio because they're real deep over there. You know what I mean? So. Oh, was that right? I didn't. I never knew that. Oh yeah, yeah. They did. Oh, uh, they had a big indictment where they busted. I guess the head Inca for Texas. They called him, and he was man. I want to even say from Uvalde, Texas. Believe it or not, from that area right there, and he was tied in super deep with the guys from Chicago. You know what I mean? So when I lived in Corpus, we even had some two six. You know, uh, and Kings originate from Twenty Fifth Street in Chicago. Then. 26th Street right over is the Latin folk gang, and they was down in Corpus Christi, like straight from Chicago too. So people don't understand that Texas has a little bit of 
homegrown gangs. They got a little bit of Midwest gangs, and then they got a whole lot of independent gangs also. You know, so yeah, we had a lot of we had a lot of people move from Cali, spreading it. We had a lot of people from everywhere, and pretty much it just works how it worked, man. They were recruiting young people. Like uh, most of us started this year when we was kids, like you said, middle school, maybe high school at the latest. You know what I mean? So that's basically how it all come to Texas at that time. But that surprised me when you said that. When you went to uh, when you went to TYC the first time, was you already down with the Latin Kings? Yeah, yeah. I wasn't like I wasn't what you really call like like I never made it official or nothing like that. But that's who I messed with. You know what I mean? Right, right, and then right. and then when I went to TYC, man, it was a little bit different. Whereas at the time, this is like '88 when I first went. It was more like you were just with your city. You know what I mean? Like Houston would be with Houston, Dallas, would, Fort Worth might be together. You know, so there wasn't really a whole lot of Latin Kings in there, man. Most of the people I was in there with were actually like from El Paso. And, and you know, the people from Houston that were there at the time were brothers. You know what I mean? Fifth Ward, Third Ward, South Park, Sunnyside. You know what I'm saying? So there wasn't a lot of lot of my, I guess you call them homeboys around to even associate with, to even try to, you know, establish anything like that, you know? That's how it is in the state system, too. The numbers are small and you don't see to. And, and matter of fact, now... I'd be surprised there's any Latin Kings left in Houston, man. Pretty much the Tongo Blast, everybody turns Houston out of the ace, so it's kind of yeah. eliminated everything. All the big homies and everything that the kids look up to now, they, they're Houston, you know what I mean? So it's kind of yeah. changed a little bit. But when you first got to TYC, I know you did a little time at getting state school, and if they don't know about getting state school, that's one of the most notorious places ever in Texas. You know what I mean? It's raping, robbing, killing, stealing, everything going on in that place. Like, it's much more as an adult prison, man. Like, yeah. how did they take you over there on, like, a chain bus? Are they taking a cop car? Uh, man, we went in the van, man, because, uh, man, I left Brownwood. Brownwood's basically like the reception center. And I went to Crockett. And I got I got kicked out of Crockett for assault with a weapon. You know what I mean? So they sent me back to lockup. At Brownwood, I had a little wing, like basically all to myself. There was like two other dudes in it, but it's a whole little lockup wing they had back then. And uh, I don't even think they were supposed to send me to Giddings, man, because I was fairly young. But, uh, you know, they wanted to teach a motherfucker a lesson. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I went there and, uh, yeah, it was rough. That, that was a rough place, bro. It, 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 you got all them dudes that are, you know, grown man size and, and 20 something years old and shit. You know what I mean? Fighting murders and shit. And here I am, little skinny little. You know, 14, 15 year old. Yeah, it, it, it was brutal, bro. Right. So let's I had people. I had people there, though. I had a lot of people. Hold on. How TYC works in Texas is you can be sentenced to TYC from 12 to 16 now. Literally, that's the ages where you go. Hmm. But they can hold you until you're 21. You know what I'm saying? So you literally can be 14 with men in there that's 20, 19 years old. They literally have been through puberty and you're just starting it. You know what yeah. I mean? That's why it's so unfair. And it, it's literally, like you said, men the size of grown men and stuff. You know what I mean? If you're soft, bro, if you don't got no no backbone and you go to Giddings, like, because, I, man, I've seen them send some dudes there that had no business going there, bro. And, you know, they're basically holding pockets. I mean, not literally, but you feel what I'm saying. Um, they, they were just, bro, it was bad for them, bro. They were getting beat until they, they did what, what they were told. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I mean, every day. Pretty sure but, they were starving in there too. 
Yeah, I got fortunate, man, because I had already been through probation placements in, in the, the Harris County Juvenile Detention Facility. They call it West Dallas. You know, so I knew a lot of cats, man. You know what I mean? So I was all right, man. But, bro, if I'd have been, like, probably from some small town in the middle of nowhere, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I, I might have had some problems, you know. What was it like on your first day when you got there? Intimidating, man. I was the smallest cat there and probably, you know, in the, the top 10 youngest, you know, for sure. Um, yeah, they, 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 they try to teach me my lesson, man. And, uh, but I mean, I never had no problems there, man. I rode with the, the brothers from Houston, you know, because one thing about Giddings, bro, back then, man, it was like 90% black, bro. You know what I mean? Maybe, maybe, maybe eight, at least 80, bro, at least 80, I promise you. And, uh, you know, the, the Houston brothers took me under the wing and, hey, just come fuck with us, man. You'll be all right. Don't talk to them Dallas cats. You know what I'm saying? We don't we don't fuck with them. And I just did my thing, bro. They only kept me there a few months. Uh, I was there uh, maybe six months, bro. And they shot me back to to uh, Crockett. And then I got my points had dropped down enough to where I was eligible to get out to uh, like halfway houses and stuff, man. So I finished all my time up in the halfway houses and shit. Well, that's cool. That's cool. But that, hey, to, to this day, that's the most intimidating place, bro, that I've been, even as an adult, was getting first pulling up there, like, oh, this is nasty. I know when you was at Brownwood or you was at, at the other one, that little bit Crockett that you heard about Giddings, you know what I'm yeah. saying? I know yeah. they, they also going to threaten you. If you fuck up here, you're going to Giddings, you know what I'm saying? That's going to be yeah, the they're not, They weren't playing either. They'll send, they, they sent my ass there. I thought they were bluffing, man, because I had low points. I was just in there for an auto theft and a high-speed chase. You know what I mean? And, uh, you know, I caught the, what, what got me there was catching that assault with the weapon because I hit some dude with, like, some kind of piece of wood, bro. It was weak. You know what I mean? But, uh, yeah, that's what got me there, the, hitting that foot with that that stick. When you was at Giddings, what do you think? Like, you know, six months was the craziest thing you've seen. Guys folding, like you said, getting beat down? No, nah, I seen – the craziest thing I seen probably was uh, the first time I was exposed to, like, some – you know, some, some 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 of that some of that kind of stuff, bro. You know what I mean? Like openly, like nobody even cared, just in the bathroom, just doing their thing. I was like, oh shit, I want to go home. <laughs> I, I want to go home, bro. The first time that I really got super exposed to that was at Holiday Unit in Huntsville, bro. They it was an open bay dorm with bunk beds. I'm talking about intake, and the dudes tying up sheets around it, going to work on somebody. I said, man, what kind of what is this, man? You ain't. They just got there and they was already getting some booty. Yeah, he said, I got a life sentence. I might as well get started now. I said, oh man, you've been like that for a while, then. But that's what tripped me out about Giddings, bro. I mean, the the cats that were involved in this were were teenagers. You know what I mean? It's like, hey, you know. Oh, but uh, I seen some good beatdowns there. I seen some good ones. I seen some dude. I don't know how he got it, but he had like a eighteen inch piece of rebar. Um. And, and used it like with like a bat, bro, and just man beat this fool to the. They had to bring the helicopter. That was rough, man, because there was like teeth all over the floor, and it, it was it was it was it was it was a go. He wouldn't stop. He wouldn't stop. He was. I don't know if that dude made it or not, but he just kept going and going and going. And the cops took hella days to get there, even though they were only 50, 75 feet away. It was enough time for him to get in like thirty of them with everything he had. It was like. Oh. You know what it's about, and you didn't even know. No, nah, man, it was it was some it was some Dallas some Dallas stuff, man. That, that didn't you know involve us or anything like that, man. I'm I'm not sure. Yeah, see, you uh, 
that was actually back in the heart of even when CDC, when Dallas and Houston had major problems back then over football teams, robberies, over yep. who city's the hardest, who city's the biggest, who's the best. Like, it, it was pretty serious back then in TYC, too. Yeah, yeah. The whole time I was there, that that's how it was, essentially. Um, hey, just don't talk to them cats. You could talk to anybody. Don't talk to them Dallas cats. You know, I, I don't I don't know what it kicked it off. I was young, bro. When I went there, I was 14, you know what I'm saying? So Or 13. By the time I made it to Giddings, I was 14. But uh, I don't know what it kicked it off, but, man, we didn't talk to them. You know what I mean? And uh, if, they, if they looked at you funny or whatever, you had to tell them to catch that square. You know what I mean? Yeah, right. Yeah, Straight yeah. up. Yeah, it was like when I when I hit CDC, that was kind of watered down right there, and everybody was kind of getting along. Except, you know, there's only two TVs in the day room. It was one for sports, one for movies. So if it was Houston and Dallas playing at the same time, that's always going to be a problem. You know what I mean? It's going to figure out. Basically, whoever's the deepest is probably going to end up watching their team. Man, that's a lot of a lot of people from California are probably going to trip out of that. We don't really have a northern or southern none of that we got just cities all over this damn place that might not get along you know what i mean so it's a little bit different so check this out i know when you was 18 you moved to california right when i was 17 actually man i had caught a case as an adult down there in in richmond and uh i was already on probation because i got busted with a sawed off gauge and they hit me with the prohibited weapon shit and uh i caught another case man like like some kind of some kind of burglary or something and they were trying to give me like 10 years and uh my my people had the attorney negotiate that if i left the state they would keep me on pro they would continue my probation but if i came back they would basically violate me and give me the 10 years you know so i got i got pretty lucky man i had a good attorney and the da negotiated and said hey you know you're you're basically kicked out of texas for 10 years until the probation's up if you come back you're going to prison so I was already moving to California anyway, so I, I kind of got love on that one. Yeah, yeah, that was live then. Yeah, you, you know, I've heard of that actually happened before. You're not the first person that that I've even heard doing that. So my question was, when you moved to California, what what was the difference to you? With, like culture-wise, you know what I'm saying? Was it was it different, like a shock? I thought people talked funny, you know what I mean? <laughs> you know, but they thought I talked funny. I'm like, y'all and all slow, and they're like, cheer, 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 like, you know, oh, uh, the the where I where I happened to land first was a place called Concord, and it's in the Bay Area, man. And it's a, uh, you know, it, it's it's majority white, you know, and 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 the other majority would be Latino, and uh, it was just different because there was hardly no black folks. You know, where I come from, you know, where the places I lived, there's, there's brothers everywhere, and I just it was just different to me, bro. Um, it's way more fast pacing there was different drugs like people out in california are all on methamphetamine when i lived in houston i never even heard of it you know there are cranksters everywhere you know what i mean and it, it, it's a lot different bro mountains and shit you know you know we're, i'm used to the flatlands and the bayous and there's mountains and oceans i don't know it, it, it was a trip bro it was real different you know it, it took a couple months to get used to what they say to you when you're like you're from Texas? Was it love or were they were they kind of standoffish at first or curious about Texas? Man, every, everybody was pretty cool, man. Trying to convince me how much better California was, you know, motherfuckers trying to show off their town and whatever and this and that. And you know, I started learning about their little politics. Found out there wasn't no Latin kings around to go fuck with. You know what I mean? And I learned about a little North and South and. It, it was it was it was a few months of Justin period, man. But I ended up in jail pretty fast, and I had a crash course and everything that was going on right away. You know what I mean? 
when you hit the county out there as a youth out there, what was the difference like when you seen the county jail versus TYC? Well, you know what's the trip, bro, is you know, like 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 I was just saying, when I was seventeen, I was in the county jail down there in Texas. I don't know if it's still the same, but you go to the county starting at your seventeenth birthday in California, it's eighteen. So as soon as I come to California, I get into some little shit. I end up in back in juvenile hall in California first. And then they sentence me as an adult. You know what I'm saying? But um it, it, bro, it was it's way different, man. They're like I don't I just don't remember none of my time having like politics. You know what I mean? In TYC in the county jail, you just did kind of what you wanted to do, bro. You were your own man. And then you know, I, I end up in jail in California. It's like you can't do this, you can't do that. It's like, man, who are you? Goddamn deputy, motherfucker. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But you either you either roll with it or, or they'll roll you. You know, it's it's way, way different, bro. Right. So what a politics heavy as in, in the California youth. I, I didn't see I've only made it to juvenile hall in California. I didn't make it to their California Youth Authority, which is, you know, the same thing as RTYC in Texas, man. And uh yeah, I mean, yeah, there's politics everywhere here, starting at juvenile hall all the way to, you know, Pelican Bay, bro. That's crazy, man. Right real, there. real racial, real geographical. You know what I'm saying? I got over there. They said instead of don't talk to the Dallas guys, don't talk to the brothers over there, huh? Well, no, the, the particular people I ended up hanging out with, the, the northern, you know, the northern California Norteños, they're they're allies with the with the black groups. So it was cool to 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 talk, you know, as far as I go. But like if I would have ended up down south and, and became a Sereno, yeah, I, there wouldn't be all that communicating with black fools. Because out, out here, the the when I first came, it's changed a little bit. I mean, the basic agreements are still there and the basic uh, allies are still there. But down here, it's, it's southern Mexicans and whites, northern Mexicans and blacks. You I know mean, what yeah. I mean? So, is, you know, uh, is it true what they say that the northern is always outnumbered most of the time? Ninety percent of the time, yeah. Like, you have reception centers and, and a few main lines. Like during during all the time I did, like in Quentin, like the Northerners were always dominant at Quentin, dominant at Tracy. Um, it was pretty even in Susanville, pretty even in Solano. Um, but outside of them prisons, man, yeah, pretty much the Northerners are were always outnumbered. And don't get me wrong, these they flip at different times too. Like, you know, San Quentin was ran by Serenios for the longest and Folsom was ran by Serenios and then this switched and that switched. And it's it all depends on what the administration does. But um, being a northerner, bro, you're going to be outnumbered, you know, unless you're in your county jail or basically in your backyard in the reception center type prisons. That's how I rode to walk when you know you're walking in somewhere outnumbered, ain't it, man? Yeah, yeah, it's different. You know what I mean, but man, you got a you got a solid twenty fools with you, man. You, you're good, man. But you know, some of them places down south, man. Like if you're a northerner, you go down there, man. There might be three three other northerners there, and they're all working with the enemy. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm oh, saying? They're like, oh, that, he's he's one of them guys, and yeah, it, things have changed a lot now, man. There's what they got the end of hostilities, man, and all the different racial groups and geographical groups are, you know, intermingling and getting along and coexisting. But during my time, it wasn't like that. It was. I like, I like people to hear that type of stuff. I'm glad you kept it real because I always tell these kids and young men that this gang life ain't what you want. It's not for, it's, it's not for a long life or staying free or nothing. And I don't care if you're the strongest gang in your town, your area, you can end up somewhere where there's two or three of y'all and, and you might really be by your damn self. You know what I mean? So yeah. you want to be about your business and ready to stand on it and 
a lot of times you'll find out later that they ain't even about their business. You know what I mean? It's it's a it's a rough road with that gang life for real, man. When there's two or three and there's three hundred of your enemy, they're only keeping you there because who knows why, but they could get rid of you anytime. There's nothing you'd be able to do about it. Right. You know? What do you think the craziest thing you seen out in California prison was? Um, I seen a dude get shot in the foot with the mini fourteen. Um seen a dude get his face opened up so good you could see his teeth when his mouth was closed. Um I seen a couple dudes, uh, you know, Quentin's five tiers tall. I seen a couple dudes leave the fifth tier and end up on the bottom like, on two separate occasions. Seen a lot of dudes uh, take themselves out by by putting something around, you know, right here. I don't want to say it because you know how YouTube's all funny about that particular issue, you know, so they put something around here and, you know, strung themselves up or whatnot. But um, probably, probably one dude from the fifth tier and landed on one of the metal dummy cages from five tiers up, bro. That was pretty disgusting. Ooh, it's like a broke watermelon when he's done, huh? Oh man, just just the sound, you know what I mean? And it was just in my line of sight. Like if I put my, cause San Quentin's bars, man, it's an old prison with the bars and I could just see the carnage. I was like, whoo, <laughs> good luck. Damn, man. Pretty nasty. That's, but yeah, I've seen, I've seen a lot of a lot of razor blade work, a lot of razor blade work. It, you know, for for 10, 15 years, the the weapon of choice in California was the razor blade. You know what I mean? I've seen a lot of nasty razor blade work. I mean, nowadays they got a, a, only a steel piece policies. You know, through all the the major groups. So you know, but a lot of razor blade work, bro. That was pretty pretty ruthless. When you first hit out there to the real actual prisons, was already no hands policy going on type shit? Yeah, man. I mean, like on the level ones and twos, you know, the lower level prisons, there there would be occasional, you know, hand to hand combat and shit. But um, come about nineteen ninety five or so, bro, that you you weren't. I've only seen. I've only seen one, bro, like just hand on hand as far as my particular group goes. Or the only other time you're going to use hands is like if you're rushed and you might not be expecting it or whatnot, and you don't got nothing on you or you can't get to it quick enough, then you got to rely on the hands. But in Cali, if if it's going to go down, it's going to be with steel, at least as far as the north and the south and the white boys go. The brothers run a little bit more lax of a program. They throw hands and shit. I know that that policy they say is to keep the bullshit down and the small petty stuff and everything else, you know, and if it ain't worth killing for, it's not even worth worrying about it. But is that true? Or are they still poking each other over petty shit too? Well, things that, that you and I would consider petty may not be considered petty in prison. You know what I mean? Like, man, if, if you let me borrow your cell phone to take to work and I lost it, you'd be like, damn, you owe me a cell phone in there. That'll get you killed. They'll, yeah. they'll try to kill you for that. You know, if you if you owe a certain amount of money, they're not going to be like, we need to, we're going to beat you up. They're going to they're kill you. You know what I mean? Um, there is petty things that people get killed for, but usually, you know, I, on the surface, it would seem petty. But when you, when you figure out a little bit more about it, well, they, they haven't been liking this dude for a while. And, you know, so any misdemeanor infraction is going to be treated as a straight up felony. You know what I mean? So they're just going to go ahead and get rid of them. But um, 
in real life, all the shit's petty. Like for me and you on the streets, I mean, a hundred, uh, ninety-five out of hundred, me and you would just turn the other way and be like, "Man, I ain't fucking with that dude no more." You know, it ain't like we're gonna go get our yammer and just, you know, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like it's oh, a, it's yeah, a trip, yeah, bro. Yeah. Like little simple things in prison can get you killed. Cell phones, dope, disrespecting the wrong individual in the yard. And, and acts of cowardice amongst your people, if they feel like you did something cowardly, it, it, you're over. You're done. You know what? I don't I don't talk about that a lot. I need to talk about it a little bit more. But people think that prison is this wild place where it's full of hoodlums and hooligans and all this other shit. But the respect level, I know in Texas, I'm sure out there even more with the way that they're doing it, is extremely high. If you bump into any man anywhere on that prison, you're going to say, excuse me here. If you yeah. don't. If you need something, you're going to say please and thank you. You know what yeah. I'm saying? You're not passing gas in the day room. Like, no. none of that type of stuff if you're if you're in a serious spot. You know what I mean? So it actually makes living there a little bit better because you know the rules to follow and everybody else does too. You wouldn't want nobody bumping into you and not saying excuse me, stuff like that. You know, got to start a right. fight right there instantly on the spot here. So that's yeah, just, just, just a quick, like. oh, hey, my bad, my bad, bro, my bad. Sorry about that. Keep pushing. You know, and, and one right. thing, too, about, you know, the, the the seriousness of the politics makes it rough on everybody because don't nobody want no other man telling them what to do every day, man. But it's the way it is out here. You know what I'm saying? So things like you're going to get your full night's sleep, too, because there's not going to be people yelling from cell to cell after, you know, there's an agreed upon shutdown time amongst the, the different groups. All right. No more noise after 10. Man, you ain't going to hear shit after 10 unless it's an emergency. You know what right. I mean? Where, where one group has to move something to somebody else. And they'll be very, you know, respectful about it. Apologize. Hey, Spence, excuse us on the tier, man. You know, and when somebody says that, you know, it's important to them people to do that. So, I mean, no, you're, nobody's going to call you out your name. Nobody's going to, there's there's no stealing commissary out here. There's nobody beating up people and taking their commissary. There's no jailhouse thieves. You know what I mean? Nobody's getting uh, violated in a deviant matter. You know what I'm saying? Like that, that doesn't fly at all out here. You know what I'm saying? Um, there's there's pros and cons, man. You know, to the different kinds of. And man, listen, why was, why was if you if you're not a, a heavy hitter or you don't got your respect, man, you better keep one person in that cell at all times because they're coming right in and taking your shit as soon as the doors open. They'll come in with a bag, and run right back to theirs with all your stuff, and they ain't. Yeah, that don't that don't ever happen out here in a general population. It's common as hell over here. You know what I mean? You literally got to hold your weight. This is my question, though. I know we got the north, the south, the gangs, and all that shit. But was there solo men that just ride by themselves in there too? Hispanic Very few. As far as Latinos, no, no. You're you're either going to be, you know, really with the business from either group, or you're going to be an associate. And then there's the bulldogs too. Fresno bulldogs. They used to be from up north. They they branched off and did their own thing. They were able to do that and survive the war that came with that. So now they have like their own established, you know, Fresno bulldogs, and uh. If you're if you're if you're Mexican or, or you know or from a hood or something, you're gonna fall into one of them groups, bro. You know, it sounds like a lot how Texas was back in the old days, man. Each city was either TS or Mexican mafia and all that, and you're pretty much gonna be under them. That's how the Tango Blast even started here, because they slammed down all the gang members in the shoe, and then they they would send orders out to the main line. Then they got tired of taking them point blank period, and yeah. they they rebelled. Do uh, you think that'll ever happen in California where the guys just, well, now, hold on, they, they let y'all's STG gang members back in population. Do you know anything about that? Did they do that? 
Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it already has, man. Like, okay, in California, bro, it only used to be basically the Black Gorilla family, the Aryan Brotherhood, the Nuestra Familia, and the Mexican Mafia, and their affiliates. Not necessarily made members of them groups, but all the groups along those geographical or racial, you know, lines functioned under them. Man, and just recently, bro, okay, about about 2000, even even in the early, even in the late 90s, mid late 90s, they started allowing, you know, validated gang members of the highest degree to go to programs and get out of the gangs and shit and go to little PC places. And, you know, they established one prison called Mule Creek that housed those type of individuals as well as the uh, deviant type of offenders. You know what I'm saying? Deviant offenders can't go in California anywhere. They get hit immediately. So they had to have their own prison for them. Well, then they started sending the, the, the dropouts to those prisons as well. Okay, the dropouts, after you know a few years go by, they started their own little new gangs. You know what I mean? So now there's Northern Riders, there's Deuce Five, there's Independent Riders, there's all these other sub, you know, all these other basically dropout gangs that restarted their own shit but they keep them separated, man. They're starting to integrate them back now a little bit. So there, there's a lot of shit going on right now, but for for you know a good solid decade, 15 years, they had SNY type custody, they had 50-50 type custody, and they had general population. General population being everybody, you know, not hiding from something fully active. 50-50, like if you were on a 50-50 yard, like say you were a northerner and all the northerners weren't really functioning under the big homies on that yard, but all the other groups were still functioning under their big homies. So the Northerners would be like outcasts and another one might be Southerners, another one might be white, another one might be black. And then SNY was just straight up PC type cats. They couldn't go, they couldn't, they couldn't cut it nowhere else. They either told, they got them funny charges or, or whatever the case might be. But they're slowly starting to integrate people back now, man. So there's, there's a lot of weird stuff going on in California. Man, it's it's a different world, isn't it, man? It's probably when yeah. when the youngsters even hear about that, it's not like the movies no more. When they start integrating things back here in Texas, Integrate, reintegrating is dangerous, bro. Members. People get peeled. They're trying to free the gang members from the st, you know, from the shoe here because they yeah. literally go their first day if they're in STG, and mm -hmm. we're not understanding how they're going to do it because they're so outnumbered now by the guys that are Tongos and all this other stuff that. They're going to have to give them their own. Not say anything weak about them because they're the ones that will kill you first here. They'll let yeah. that iron in you. But they're so outnumbered. There's only so much you can do. You know what I'm saying? They keep sending zombies at you after zombies. Shit, it's, it's an apocalypse. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, you'll lose eventually. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Even the hardest motherfuckers in the world will lose eventually. So it's crazy that that's actually going out there. But, you know, uh, just touch on a little bit about the end of hostilities for us, and we'll, we're going to get into some other shit. Because I've heard y'all talk about that, and I remember when you and Flacco did that. Shout out to Flacco, but I never understood what that what that was. What does that mean? Okay, the end of hostilities, man, some gentlemen in Pelican Bay, um, all of them heads of different, the, the, the four main groups out here as far as NF, MA, AB, BGF, they got together and, and made a proposal to – Okay, they, they started out with some hunger strikes and stuff. You know what I mean? They refused it. It made national attention. They wanted to figure out why. Eventually, it was decided that it was unconstitutional to house gang members indefinitely without having any behavioral issues, you know, without any write-ups, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. They kind of made a deal with the administration. Like, look, we won't have any incidents between our respective organizations 
if you put us back out on these main lines. And that was in the, I don't know, like 2010, 12, 13, something like that. The, the date's not really relevant, but they, they actually agreed to it and started kicking them guys out of the shoe. All the people who've been stuck back there for 20 years, just like in Texas with them guys. I've seen interviews about that stuff down there. They started letting them back out and pretty, you know, where it used to be on site between like, say, the north and the south. Now they're coexisting and, and even intermingling to a certain extent where it used to be on site with like, say, for example, the skinheads and the crips. Same thing. You know, what I mean, they're probably not intermingling, but they're coexisting. You know what I'm saying? Um, so then the hostility has just allowed everybody who's been sitting back there in these shoe programs since they started in the early 80s and people like me, I got an indeterminate shoe as well. So every time I go to prison, they shoot me straight to Pelican Bay. I wouldn't get to go nowhere. I'd be stuck in a room 23 hours a day. You know what I'm saying? But uh, yeah, that's all the end of hostilities was. They agreed to end the hostilities and, you know, all the stuff you hear about now as far as general population, you know, if there's murders or something, it's, with their, it's within their own group. It's like cleaning house and, you know, internal issues and stuff. It's not going to be, you're not going to hear about the Crips killing a skinhead or, you know, the Aryan Brotherhood taking out a, a Damu or you're not going to hear about nothing like that out here. So it actually made shit better. Like literally, that was man. You yeah. know what? That's that's where they're gonna have the problem here because they can definitely agree on an end. Of, there probably is no more hostilities between them groups. They've been back there twenty five years right now, getting it understood and trying to work together. They're actually planning a big hunger strike here that's getting ready to start. I'm gonna help cover it. We need some. Uh, we're gonna shoot it out to some of the other reporters and media and stuff. You know, I've been doing some stories lately about the inside about how bad the guards have it, how bad things are run, you know what I mean? Stuff like that shit happening in the back and it's making some changes already, believe it or not, bro, I've got zero credit or zero love, but since I've did a few of these stories uh, about the prisons in Tennessee colony, the Palestine Herald Press newspaper is writing a big article about it now. It's the uh, Texas Monthly Magazine is writing a big article about it. There was something that hit the AP about the heat. The Breakfast Club was talking about the heat in Texas prisons now, you know what I'm saying? Like it's it's far-reaching, and I, I don't care. You know, if I don't get credit for it or not, I wouldn't give a damn, but I guarantee you I was the first person with a platform to start really talking about it here this year, and all of a sudden now they are too. But, you know, the media, is, they're vultures, bro. Literally, they, they scour shit and look yeah. to talk to. They got people that do that professionally, so shout-out to any of them that's watching this, man. Uh, but if y'all want to interview, interview me, come talk to me. You know what I mean? But So that's, that's good. That's good to hear that. But what my whole point to that was, they're not going to be able to sign an end to hostilities in Texas with these Tongos and shit because the Tongos are already in GP. They got no reason to even agree to that. They don't want yeah. them. They literally don't want them back. You know what I mean? So I don't, other than giving them their own prisons here in Texas, I don't know how it's going to work. You know, I guess it's yeah. not. We'll see. We hope that hell that's what they do. It's a cheap state right here. You know what I mean? But, but yeah, Texas, Texas is rough, man. I try to tell people out here, you man, Hey, California sucks, man, but, hey, at least you got AC and shit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, you know, and what? There's a lot of people, man, and they accuse me of hating on California and all that. I don't. It's just I had – and you know what? I'll say something to you right now, and I kind of apologize because I thought y'all – remember when I asked you, you said that the Hispanics dominate pretty much everywhere out there, and I was like, everywhere? And you were like, yeah. I went on uh, Dirty Weather's channel. Shout out Dirty Weather 916. I was on his channel with him one day. And it was him and another brother that did a bunch of time. And I asked them, I said, man, Robo and them said this. Is it true? And they said, for the most part, hell yeah. They said they've been in prisons down in the south where there might only be 
a handful of blacks and everybody else was Hispanic and shit like that. So, nah, you wasn't wrong. It tripped me out when I heard that because, you know, here, like you said, we got a we got a messed up judicial system where a lot of the whites, they're going to get probation before they go to prison. You know, the Hispanics and blacks are getting nailed with a bunch of time, shit like that. So in the prisons, we might have a wing where I was. It was like 200 men, 198 men maybe 20 to 25 white guys and the rest was 50 50 hispanic you know what i mean so to think about going somewhere and it'd be different it's just hard for me to hard for me to imagine that's all yeah i get it i get it yeah the thing the thing is too man is is the 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 mexican groups out here are so political that you have no choice i mean whether you agree with something or not if you're told to do something you got to do it or they're going to get you there's no independent you're not there's no independent shit out here if it's decided that the South is going to move on the brothers, all the South is. If the brothers decide that they're going to move on the, the Southerners, the Crips might say, man, fuck that. The Bloods right. might say, nah, we're cool. The Bay Area boys might be like, man, that's y'all's business. You shouldn't have been doing that. You know what I mean? Right. So it's just, you know, they're, you know, while the brothers out here have, they have way more options as to how they want to do their time. If you're, if you're North or South, you're moving as one unit, period. Yeah, that's different. Here, too, we have a lot of uh, solo Hispanic guys. They literally don't rip no gang, no anything, and they group together, basically form their own pseudo gang or something you would call it. Like, literally, when you know when you come in, you're going to do the heart check, fight some homies or whatever, you would think, oh, I'm not even a gang member, so I don't got to do that. No, that's not true. The white guys are going to get it by the woods. They got to fight the solo Hispanic guys are going to do it to you. You know what I mean? Because they don't want you sitting at their table and riding with them if you're weak, you know. So it's it's just a whole different world, man. I appreciate you coming to chop it up with us about it a little bit. Uh, no I want to talk a little bit now, though, and we'll get on a different topic because we're hitting a little time. Since you started YouTube, you know, everybody knows you was Convict's Perspective over there with Flacco. Y'all was knocking out some fire-ass content, real, real active. But you've separated yourself now and started the Rojo Room. How's that feel? now to be able to work on your own schedule your own time drop one if you don't uh and just not saying not saying you didn't like it before but you're totally by yourself it's on your pace your time you can stop you can go whatever how's it feel how, how are you liking the new channel well I, I like it a lot man because you know i, I had a part-time job you know for the last you know months you know what i'm saying and uh you know while i had it while i was just part-time i had enough time to to donate to, to two different channels plus work you know now that i went to full-time I just don't have that 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 extra time to be putting so much effort into two different things. You know, I got one thing I could focus on besides work. And, you know, I didn't want to, you know, be the dead weight at a convict's perspective. So I was just like, hey, I don't got time to do this no more. If you want it, it's all yours, boy. You know what I mean? So, you know, like, you know, people are asking, is there drama and stuff like that? No, nah, it's just I don't got time. And it's not, you know, it's not fair to me to to you know, be super exhausted trying to put in work. And it's not fair to Flacco for him to have to carry a majority of the weight. So the, I thought the right thing to do was just say, this is yours. Do with it as you will. I'll take care of my channel when I can. And best of luck to you. You know what I mean? Right. That's real. You know, I don't know if you remember one of the first ever conversation, probably the first ever conversation I told you, man, this is shit is great. But as soon as it stops being fun, don't force yourself no more because it's literally adding extra stress and and yeah. this ain't worth it sometimes you know what i mean literally so it's good to see that you made that decision man and we really support you show all the love and everything i like again look subscribe to the rojo room for sure 
Appreciate it. Man, I appreciate you stopping by, brother. It means a lot. And you know what? Listen, I appreciate you always letting me go on your channel anytime I hit that link and showing love. You're always welcome. My people love you, bro. So it's always a pleasure to have you in there. They're always like, oh, Tim Snow. So, you know, you got your respect out there, bro. Me and you, we hit it off from the gate, man. So, man, you know, you're welcome on there anytime, my man. Already. Same thing for here, man. Say, listen, text prison story, family, man. Make sure you go come out, support the new channel. It's a good guy right here. You know what I mean? Got Texas roots and all kind of stuff. He might catch a prison story, might catch a jam session, relaxing, might catch a lunch break. He does it exactly how I did it when I started my channel. That's why I enjoy watching. You never know what you're going to see. Y'all hit the thumbs up, subscribe, maybe share this video out to me on your Facebook, man. And we'll catch you later, Roll. Thank you. Yes, sir.